Welcome to Cyberspin, the podcast that brings you expert insights to today's hot topics in cybersecurity, privacy, and compliance for highly regulated industries. Subscribe to Cyberspin on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. everyone and welcome to another episode of Cyberspin. Today's topic and third episode of our rumor control series is all about system security plans, otherwise known as SSPs. Joining us to chat through the complexities and bust some rumors surrounding SSPs are Robert Teague, Dr. Thomas Graham, and a new guest, Noelle Vestal, the compliance expert over at Prevail. Rob, I'm going to pass the mic to you right away to get us started. Thanks, Lauren, and uh, thank you everyone for joining us again today as we dive into the next rumor control surrounding the SSP. Joining us today is a very special guest, Noel Vestal. Hi, Noel. Hi, thank no- you so much for having me, guys. Uh, we are glad you are joining us. Noel is the compliance manager at Prevail, but Noel has experience building an SSP, which is why, you know, during our talks with her, we said, hey, Noel, I think you need to come and join Thomas and I. Not only because <laughs> Thomas and I are boring, but you'll liven up the conversation. <laughs> you guys are very entertaining. Don't sell yourself <laughs> short. Very enter- I would not have agreed to this if you weren't. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. So... Let's start our conversation surrounding the SSP. There's a lot of rumors about it on what should be in it, how long it should be, does it have to be this big giant document, can it reference out to policies, procedures, etc. As I mentioned, Noel created uh, an SSP. So the reason we wanted to do this, and I'm going to throw this out there before we get started, It's not to consult you on what to do. It's just there is a lot of rumors about the SSP and we don't want to dive into too many details. We want to keep this at a high level conversation because we are doing a webinar with Prevail to discuss the SSP. So we kind of want to do this as a little intro, but again, not diving too deep. So with that, we'll start with Noel. You created an SSP for your previous organization. Can you kind of walk us through how you started, when you started, what you were thinking, and then how it came out, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. And I think that I probably had the same thought process as most people do when, you know, somebody says, hey, you have to write the SSP for a whole organization. It was, oh, God, how am I going to do this? This is terrible. (laughs) Who who did I make angry that I have to do this now? Um, But in all seriousness, so it, it definitely was a daunting task. You know, I mean, you look at you know, at that point, it was, you know, the version 1.02 of CMMC. You're looking at 130 controls, and it's like every procedure in your whole organization, you've got to map it to, you know, you've got to map it to the right control. You've got to make sure that you, you capture everything. It was it was overwhelming, definitely. And I think a lot of people out there in the DIB are having the same experience where it is a lot to, you know, you're looking at this huge mammoth thing, and you're like, well, how am I supposed to actually make this work? And honestly, for me, it was, okay, well, Let's start with where we are right now, give ourselves sort of like an internal self-assessment and be real honest, you know, how bad is it? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, start developing things that would be easy solutions to answer a lot of those controls. You know, I mean, some of these controls aren't really that hard when you actually break them down. Other ones are, you know, pretty intense, but a lot of them are easy. Like password complexity, come on, everybody has password complexity right. at this point. Like if you don't have password complexity in, in you know, in 2022, then there's, there's some bigger concerns I think there. But 
yeah, it's it's definitely difficult, but it's not insurmountable. It just seems that way, I think, when you first look at it. Okay. And Thomas, you created the uh, SSP for Redspin. Um, and I tried to bow out as quickly as possible from assisting you. <laughs> but uh, what about you? What was your initial impressions of the SSP as you got started with it? Picture it, Sicily. <laughs> oh, nice. But honestly, the, the, the first impressions that I had for it is, you know, whether good or ill, I, I was able to pull kind of from my previous experience working with the DOD. But the one, you know, the one caveat, at least for us with Redspin, is that we were building this enclave from scratch. So it wasn't, you know, something where we were modifying what we already had. We were literally starting it from the beginning. And one of the mantras in, in security, especially in the development world, is bring security in at the beginning. So as we developed this enclave, we developed the documentation kind of locked step. So that way, as we made changes, we knew where it needed to be changed. We could keep it updated. And if, if you remember, Rob, when we went through our DIPCAC assessment, we still had those maturity requirements. Mm -hmm. So then at that point, we we're able to show that anytime that we were making changes from inception, we were tracking it and we were doing what we said we were doing not just us but everybody within the organization yes 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 and that's a, that, that's that was a, an important aspect that we had at least we had to show exactly okay yeah so, and i think and i think they're going to be I, I think that's even though it's not you know explicit now to 2.0 i think there's it seems at least it seems you know so far the audits that I know that we've we've been lucky enough to be kind of a part of since they restarted doing audits, they're still looking at that stuff. It's still it's still baked in there a bit. Yeah, those maturity requirements from what we've seen. Um, for some of it, yeah, but most of it, you know, they don't really have to demonstrate that they everybody knows it, especially right. if there's a change at least right away. I mean, we had to right. during the DIPCAC. But um, okay, so let's let's kind of dive into the SSP. So we all realized it was going to be a daunting task, as I think many of our listeners, OSCs, uh, the organizations seeking certification, they all realize this is a daunting task. So the rumors flying around the SSP is that it has to list everything, including policies, procedures up inside of it. Um, it needs to be uberly detailed right so that uh, when an assessor is reading it it shows your entire security posture so let's start with that rumor is that true I, yeah i no <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, no i i i think and and i'll and, and you know thomas definitely you know i i want to hear your perspective on it too but I think one of the biggest misconceptions that happens with an SSP is that people think it's also a policy document. And I think that I think that's where a huge issue comes in for a lot of people is that they're like, oh, okay, yeah, well, I have to have every single conceivable thing and the kitchen sink all inside of my SSP. And it's not supposed to be like, you know, you know that drawer you have in your kitchen where like everything goes, you just kind of like throw everything in there. I feel like people think that's the SSP. And it shouldn't be like that. It should be a document that can actually be utilized and can be used by people in your organization. And in order to do that, you, you don't want every single tiny little procedure that you do in this SSP. Like, it should reference where those things are. Like, hey, you know, we do, we do have an onboarding process. Oh, if you go to this link here to our SharePoint or our Google Drive or whatever, here's that whole process. 
because otherwise you're going to end up updating your SSP all the time, all the time, because procedures change constantly in a company, right? You know, you might have, you might have been doing an, an HR procedure for a long time of to how to get somebody their endpoint, like their computer or whatever. And then you suddenly are like, you know what? We don't want to use Microsoft anymore. We're going to start using Apple products. You'd have to change your whole SSP for everything. Whereas you could just be like, you know what? We're just, we're doing the same exact computer. It's the same kind of stuff. But, you know, I guess the Apple version, you would have to kind of change more things. But, but yeah, but just, you know, as a, as a very basic understanding, it, it makes it a lot easier, I think, to update those things as you need. It's, it's a bit more dynamic that way. But Thomas, what do you think? Well, Noel, I mean, what you're alluding to is the concept of inheritance. So when you're thinking of an SSP, it is really created specifically for this, the quote-unquote system or enclave. And it should be how that system or, or enclave is implementing the requirements of, of CMMC. To your point, no, you don't have to go in there and spell out every single detail. If you're inheriting something from your organizational requirements, reference that document. Reference where that's being located at because nine times out of ten, your your physical security when you're talking about onboarding or you know background checks or stuff, most organizations have that across the board. So it's it's not going to be something specific to that that particular SSP. So you reference where it's being included. And and the other thing to point out with, with the SSP is this document gives you the the ability to say, look guys, we cannot attest to the letter of the law. It just it can't. Here is how we are meeting the spirit of the law. That is, you know, basically your mitigation to where, yes, we realize it's important. Yes, we realize password complexity is needed. Our system can't handle it. However, due to this, here's what we're putting in place along with it. So that way we're still meeting what this, this practice is trying to solve. But that, that's the way we approached our SSP. And I, I think that's probably what you guys did as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, absolutely. I think that's the right way to handle it. Cause yeah, otherwise, yeah, you're just, you're going to put so many things in there and, and, you know, putting policies in your plan, I think is, is probably not the wisest thing too, because of just like what you're talking about, because of that inheritance, you probably already have policies in place for a lot of things, <clears throat> excuse me, that the SSP can leverage, you know, and, and again, policy can, can change. It's not going to change as frequently probably as your SSP is, but it's, you know, but it can change too. You can change your policies. And if you have all your policies in one document, you have your SSP in another place, like you were saying, the SSP is supposed to be specific to your system. Like, or the enclave or whatever it is. That's what it's supposed to be specific to. You know, you have to make sure to sort of narrow your scope, which is hard to do when, you know, you look at these 110 controls and they feel overwhelming. You're like, oh, there's no way to, you know, to pare it down. But yeah, I think that's definitely a really good point is that inheritance part for sure. So let's, let's bring up two points here that you guys just busted. One, which is um, not everything has to be in that document. And I think um, you leveraged that with saying uh, you can reference out to policies, procedures, uh, inherited, you know, procedures that you may get from, say, an MSP, right? If, if they've got their procedures in place, you can reference out to that simply by stating, hey, we use an MSP, this is the MSP, and boom, here's their procedures. And it, it has to tie to yours, right? So... Uh, that myth is kind of busted. You don't have to have it all in there. And I love the fact that you guys said 
it's better to do that because you don't want to be tied up updating the SSP. You want to go out and update those policies and procedures as much as possible because the SSP should be an overarching high look into your systems and then let the policies and procedures do it. So the question I have for you uh, on the back end of all that is how far out should an organization start preparing to create their SSP, right? Because by the time any of we go live, let's say with the CMMC certifications, if their SSP is still in draft form, they're pretty much dead in the water. Picture it, Sicily. <laughs> no, Rob, I, I think I touched on it, you know, earlier, but it's really when you, you start putting all of this together, that is the best time because what you you think about you know when you're first starting something often is very different from what you ultimately wind up with just due to the operational necessity of your environment but when you start it you get that framework going you get not only yourself but the rest of your team that could be helping develop this in the mindset of okay here's here are the things that we need to be thinking about and here's where this is going to be located at and and that plays into well once a C3PO shows up and starts asking you questions, now your folks understand where it's referenced at. They understand what you're doing. And it honestly, it makes the assessment go a lot smoother. But Noel, I mean, what do you think? Oh, I completely agree. And, and the big thing too is I, I'm very much a proponent of getting started sooner rather than later for sure because of everything you just talked about. And and making it a habit of all of your employees. You know, everybody needs to know what those new procedures are once you do identify them and once you figure it out and kind of get, okay, well, this is what we're gonna do. And like, I love the way you said this, where you're like, you know, what you start out with is not what you finish with. Because if you told me when I started writing, and I'm sure you had the same experience, like, you know, you start writing it and you think, things are going to go a certain way. And then you find like seven or 800 things that are completely different than what you thought they were going to be. And that's another thing too, I think that isn't brought up enough when it, we're talking about compliance is, uh, and I know this is going to be a very controversial thing to say, but the positive parts of it. Right. I know. I hear it. Um, but there are a lot of positive parts of compliance, not just the fact that, you know, I mean, obviously there's so many, you know, arduous and hardship and challenge related ones, but there's also a lot of discovery that you get a chance to have, get a chance to discover like, hey, we're not doing this very well. We could be doing it better. And then a chance to make it better. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? But I know that that's probably a more optimistic and naive way of looking at it. Well, Rob tells me he's perfect on a daily basis. So I'm not. Well, that's right. I mean, just ask him. He'll let you know. Yeah, yeah I get feedback you know, on that all the time. Question. I get feedback on that all the time. But no, um, I'm sure you get a lot of feedback <laughs> on that, Rob. Yes. So there's a lot of feedback about that. But yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely think that starting sooner is better. Um, you know, because interim rule is probably, you know, if we're all going to look in our crystal balls, you know, by the beginning of next summer, we're going to have something, right? That's not that long. That's only like 14 months. And I know that it seems like it's forever from now, but it's really not. And if you're talking about getting all this stuff in place, making sure your procedures are documented. And then also, like you were saying, like Thomas, you want to have somebody come in as an auditor and see the story. If they don't see a story, then what's the point? And if you only have like two weeks worth of data, that's not, it's not really telling a compelling story. You know, you want to be able to say for the past six months or five months or whatever, 
you know, we've been doing this and here's all of that evidence to support it. You know, I, I would much rather be in a situation where, you know, if, if a Redsman was coming in to, to audit me, I mean, you guys are scary. I, I would want, want all, the, I would want all the data to be in place, have as much evidence as possible, make sure everybody you interviewed know what was going on. You know, I, I want to check all the boxes, but that's just me. Well, I tell you, Noel, I've been called many things, but that's the first time I've been called scary, and I kind of <laughs> like it. But um, no, so uh, so the next rumor. Uh, that is kind of surrounding this is that organizations have to tackle this on their own. Is that the case? It kind of leads into what you were just saying. Yeah, no, I mean, Tom, I mean, Thomas, you, you guys are a perfect example of how you don't have to do it by yourself. Well, you did because Rob gave up. I but, did. You know. I quit on it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happened to my hair. I had hair down past my shoulders before this. You did not. <laughs> I'll send you pictures. Oh my God, I don't believe it. <laughs> but but no, you, you don't have to do it on your own. I mean, right. honestly, you know, even the DOD doesn't. DOD has contractors that come in and, and support them on their efforts all the time. Very true. That's a very good point. That's why, you know, companies like yourself and, and, and us, we're, you know, we're there. We, we've been through the trenches. We, we've done, you know, the legwork on trying to figure these things out. So, you know, come talk to us, you know, we're here to help you out. So what about like organizations that just, they're starting from scratch on an SSP? Uh, Noel, I think you guys at Prevail have like a template, correct? That they yeah, can... we sure do. Absolutely. We have, we have templates for policy documentation. We have SSP template. Um, we also have templates for a POAM even, you know, so Prevail is, Frail's a really great technological partner, you know, and we and we we have a huge network, including Redspin, obviously, mm -hmm. of of a lot of RPOs and C3POs who can help with all that consulting. You know, I think that having it's kind of like the the trifecta approach, right? You know, you want to have somebody internally who can really manage this stuff and like make sure that it you know, keep the ball rolling, and then you want to have a good technological partner like somebody like Prevail as a hypothetical example. <laughs> and then you want to have those really great consultants that you can depend on who can come in and do that analysis and help you get that last little bit of, you know, little end point of it, you know, so you can get to the finish line. I think having those three things makes it so much easier and it doesn't feel as overwhelming. Uh, you know, that's a great point because you're already stressed, right? With a looming uh, level two certification that's coming on the way. So the stress there because we're so scary. The second piece is that very scary. <laughs> you know, the second piece is you got this daunting task of building out an SSP, right? And then, uh, oh, by the way, you have a day job of where you're trying to run a network and the right? operations right? while still exactly. draft this up. Nobody knows that more than Dr. Thomas Graham, right? So, <laughs> so with that, Thomas, how long, roughly, or how many pages, roughly, is our SSP at Redspin? Oh, I mean, roughly, you're looking at probably in between 120 to 150 pages. Okay. When we first started out, and we were able to pare down, you know, some of the some of the noise that was in there whenever we went through some revisions, and we were we decided to, you know, some of the CMMC practices just made sense for our overall organization, so we put those in place, updated our organizational policies and procedures, and then we were able to take that out of the SSP and just point to those documents going back to what we were saying earlier. Okay, so between 100 to uh, 150, that's a pretty good number. Noel, how, what, how big was yours when you finished? 
Yeah, it was about the same. I think we were at maybe at like 110 or 130, something like that. And then that was also policy documentation that we separated out to. And then, of course, the actual individual procedures and all that other stuff. But yeah, it was about the same length. I think that I think there's this misconception that you have to have like a 600-page SSP or something to be compliant. I mean, I've heard people actually say that. Like, oh, it has to be at least 400 pages. Well, there, there's not like a weight requirement, I don't think, for your SSP. Like, it doesn't have to weigh 400 pounds for you to be able to, to become compliant. Um, I, I like what you said, Thomas, about like how you went through and sort of pared it down. You know, you, you go through and kind of realize that some of that stuff's kind of redundant. Like some of the controls can kind of, you know, bleed over into other controls and you can have one paragraph that kind of deals with all of them and maybe, you know, pare that down a bit. I think that's a really good point and it's something that people aren't talking about enough because there is kind of that, that's another kind of myth out there that you have to have a certain amount of pages to have a successful SSP and that's just not true. No, and I think you busted that myth earlier, Noel, with your comment that, um, you know, you don't want it too lengthy because nobody wants to read a novel. You know, they, they just <laughs> right. want to reference Definitely. something that they can uh, make sure that they're following processes and procedures properly. That's it. Ex exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's just, it's like, I, I think that, again, there's just so much misinformation and so many, and, it, and a lot of times it's not anybody's fault. There has been so many changes with CMMC and there's so many different voices and so many different chefs in the kitchen, if you will, that there is a lot of information coming out there. People are kind of just, you know, making their own assess assessments of what's going on, which is not necessarily the best thing to do. So yeah, I if you just make sure that you're actually checking off all those boxes, making sure that what you're saying you're doing is what you're really doing, documenting that you're doing what you actually said, you, know, you should be okay. I know that's kind of an oversimplification, but that's kind of what it is really when it comes right down to it. Yeah, no, you're spot on. So we're getting close to our time. So we've addressed some of the rumors out there that the SSP needs to contain everything. It needs to be this gigantic document. Uh, everybody needs to know it, understand it, etc. So we've kind of busted that myth because it doesn't have to be. There's no size limit to it. In fact, the smaller you can make it, the better, right? Reference stuff out. That's the other myth we busted. You can reference out to those policies and procedures, right? Um, but more importantly, the other myth we busted was that you don't have to do it alone. There's organizations such as Redspin, Prevail, the other C3PAOs, RPOs out there that can assist you. I mean, personally, if it's me, I'm going to reach out to Prevail to say, hey, can, can I get your template? Because uh, I really don't know where to start. And it just, you start plugging data in, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And Noel, we're going to have this topic again in discussion at the end of March, which we're looking forward to, which I'm sure we're going to be getting a lot of questions, which uh, we try to address as much as possible. But we're looking forward to that, and we're hoping that this message will get out further, that the SSP doesn't have to be such this document that uh, can control your life and, and dominate the fear, right? So uh, <laughs> I want to thank exactly. you, Noel, for joining us at Redspin on our podcast. And uh, yes, to all of our you. listeners, thank you again for joining us. If you have any topics or rumors you want us to dispel or address, feel free to shoot us any of your questions at podcast at redspin.com. Okay, thanks, Rob. And to our listeners, don't forget to catch our live webinar with Prevail on March 30th. Head to our website, www.redspin.com, to sign up for that webinar or watch a recording. Thanks for listening.